Welcome to Biota Live. This recording is recorded live on TalkShoe, May 22nd, 2009. I'm Tom Barbelay, and this is a continuation of the Biota Podcast. For more information, check out biota.org slash podcast. So next episode, June 5th, uh, will be William R. Buckley. I've been promising William R. Buckley for a number of months now. And uh, it'll be wonderful to have William on. I did email him and let him know that his, his time on Biota Live is coming up June 5th, and he's available for that. William R. Buckley's been doing stuff with Artificial Life since Artificial Life 1, uh, and I think it's probably best that he introduces himself in a full way. However, he has an amazing idea with regards to kind of internal um, re- replication, kind of RNA in Artificial Life. Uh, and he'll talk more on that with regards to it as being a philosophy and something that is used in uh, a wide variety of things, including nanotechnology. So it'll be wonderful having William R. Buckley on uh, the next boat live, and certainly will take it down a, a number of directions that we haven't uh, we haven't yet experienced. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, Tom. Well, we're uh, we're on a different provider, but it's the same old style. I've got some news and notes, and then we'll get into the evening's topic. Okay. Can you hear me all right? You're coming in perfectly. Yeah, I think the, the problem last time was just Blog Talk Radio, and it's telling me in, in no uncertain terms that we are actually being recorded this evening. So Great. Better than nothing. So, this evening's news and notes. Uh, Dick Gordon is, and I and uh, Bruce Damer have been in correspondence for probably a month or so now with regards to the Biota 5 conference. The plan currently is that it's going to be held in 2011, and uh, Dick, Bruce, and I have had some correspondence about what it's going to contain. We have another caller on the line. Is that Gerald? Yes, it is. Good to speak to you, Gerald. Thank you for uh, for calling in. I know it's 5 a.m. where you are currently, so we've got some news and notes while you uh, while you warm up, and then we'll get into this evening's topic. As I was saying, the first uh, bit of news relates to the Biota 5 conference, and I know uh, Gerald, you and I have discussed uh, Biota 5 for probably, well, I think even our first Biota podcast conversation related to the potential for a Biota conference in the future. However, Dick Gordon, Bruce Damer, and I have been having correspondence associated with Biota 5, and I put to Dick uh, this evening that we need to think of it possibly as a, a three-tier conference in order to touch on all the bases that uh, the kind of contemporary Biota community seems to be uh, coming from. So the three points that I made back to Dick in terms of possibilities for Biota 5, in fact, I think there should be three definite tracks. Uh, the origins of artificial life, and this is fundamentally the kind of EvoGrid-related discussion currently, an artificial life perspective in the dialogue between science, philosophy, and religion, which is obviously the Dick Gordon Brook project, of which um, I think Dick is planning a sequel associated with Biota 5. And the third topic, bridging the gap between artificial life in industry, academia, and, and as a hobby, which I think is probably uh, Mark Badeau's uh, current cause. And I also mentioned to Dick that we need to get Mark Badeau and the International Society involved with the Boda Conference as well because they have a lot of background experience associated with putting on these kind of things. So that's Biota 5. It's going to be happening in 2011. It looks like it will be happening um, at Dick Gordon's uh, campus in, in Manitoba. So we need to probably start saving our pennies. Dick tells me that he's uh, going to apply for funding uh, to get some folks out there or possibly discounts on tickets or all that kind of good stuff. But uh, he wanted to be, put the announcement out to the Biota community. And if folks are interested, they should get in contact with me, Dick or Bruce or all three of us. Um, and I think probably we'll get some kind of mailing list together and actually start working towards what Biota 5 will look like. Uh, but the three tracks that I've mentioned are the ones that I'd like to see there. And obviously from that, 
comes a wide variety of possibly breakout groups, possibly uh, papers. I'm not even sure what the what the conference will look like, but Dick has asked me to put it out in the ether for the Biota Live listeners to get involved. Speaking of Biota Live listeners getting involved, uh, Bruce Damer is currently at the Origins of Life conference, I think in Italy somewhere, uh, and he's been sending me a lot of private audio. And as one of Bruce's advisors on the EvoGrid project, I've been given... Uh, well, well more than 40 hours worth of audio that is considered private audio from various people that Bruce has recorded as he's done, um, you know, his, his EvoGrid discussions, uh, both with regards to the talks and also private meetings. Um, and the audio is quite overwhelming, but I'm starting to get to a kind of saturation point, uh, which perhaps many of our listeners have already reached in terms of what the EvoGrid is and, you know, where the EvoGrid will be when Bruce finally, um, finally begins work on the, the EvoGrid or whether he's summoning it or any of these kind of things. And the thing that caught me through all this audio is, um, the private audio, obviously, I don't have any access to in terms of putting it out in a biota podcast or giving it out to the community, but I think there are a lot of good points coming through that. So what struck me was that we really need almost a kind of sub-podcast series called Visions of the EvoGrid with a view that all the advisors, all the participants, all the musers, all the potential future users could be part of that Visions of the EvoGrid podcast with the view that they would have a divergent set of views rather than getting the kind of pluralist, um, um, almost kind of homogenized uh, view of the EvoGrid that Bruce presents uh, through all these meetings and the updates that he presents in Biota Live, if we could get all the kind of prickly components of the Evo grid, I think it would actually benefit the broader artificial life community because a lot of the a lot of the harder questions or a lot of the questions that are being kind of sanded over in Bruce's discussion and his um, you know his travels around the planet are actually really interesting and prickly problems in contemporary artificial life. So the idea is similar to the old Biota interviews format, I will probably interview the uh, advisors and various folk in a relatively casually kind of laid-back fashion just to get their own particular views of what the Evo grid will be. And obviously, Gerald and Jeffrey, you will, you will no doubt be uh, within the first 10 folk that are interviewed in this regard. Okay. Uh, but the, the, the vision is that we get a very pluralist description of what the Evo grid is, which I think will also, in some regard, help Bruce... Um, because, I mean, just as I've described it in terms of the being, you know, well, it's many more hours, more than 40 now, but at least, you know, you know, tens of hours worth of audio that's already been recorded and so many different voices um, that I thought it would be an interesting way that we can kind of pass this back to the community with the view that there are probably uh, contemporary or future artificial life developers that may actually be interested in some of the things that don't go in the Evo grid um, in the long run. And I think that's what's fascinating to me. And also, I mean, it's a great way to get folks like Freeman Dyson and Pete Hutt and um, Stuart Kaufman and a wide variety of the folks that Bruce, obviously all the people at Flint, into the Biota podcast series as well. So obviously there's a, you know, there's a subtle thing with regards to getting them into the conversation associated with the kind of broader Biota community too. Uh, but Bruce thinks it's a wonderful idea. Um, he hasn't yet given me permission to interview Galen, but I think Galen will probably be one of the early folks that are interviewed because she is, uh, has a very strong vision associated with the Evo grid, which you catch on occasional conference calls. Galen is, is Bruce's wife. Uh, and so that's going to be coming in the future. My hope is to start recording this within the next uh, 
you know, a couple of weeks and start putting them in the biota feed. And I'm interested in feedback from the broader uh, listenership to Biota Live about whether this is something that would interest them, whether they want to actively participate, or whether they're just getting EvoGrid saturation, which ultimately is where the project came from in some regard because I was feeling... Uh, saturation in terms of the, the homogenized EvoGrid. Another thing that has been going on in parallel to what Bruce has been calling the EvoGrid Deep is the idea of the EvoGrid Broad. And as I posted on the Biota Conversations mailing list to, today, this has legacy in Biota World, which was the 1999, I think I put a, a video, an 18-minute video in the Biota podcast stream featuring um, Gerald Young. I, Jeffrey, you were at that conference, weren't you? You were at Biota 3. Uh, is this the one that was in San Jose many yeah. years ago? I think you gave a few presentations, but I'm not sure whether you were actually at the Biota World, or maybe you were at the front row and the video camera just panned past you. I can't. Do you remember the Biota World discussions at Biota Three? Uh, is this? The, are you referring to the conference in San Jose several yes. years ago? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Uh huh. Yeah, but there was a specific kind of breakaway group associated with this idea of Biota World. Uh, which was going to be what uh, Biota at Home was going to be and what the Evo Group Broad was going to be. I mean, this is the legacy of the Biota community in terms of this project where all the artificial life simulations start into communicating. So I'm not sure. I know Jeffrey, uh, I know Gerald was there uh, because he proposed the XML phenotype format um, about the Biota World discussion in 99. I'm not sure whether that was in the video that was released in the podcast stream, but that was certainly um, in some of the early sections. But I think the broader theme here is, is being summarized in what I'm now calling Biota Eve, which is the day before Biota, um, as opposed to any other meaning. Uh, and this is the idea of the XML phenotype for each simulation. So uh, potentially Darwin at home will have an XML phenotype. Potentially Dawkins Puddle will have an XML phenotype. And we can all get together and say, well, these all have time. These all have energy. These all have location. Uh, these all have some genetic representation and basically find some common ground through that. I, I know, Gerald, you and I have been discussing this for, for you know a couple of years now, but in terms of your most recent development with Darwin at home, do you see yourself actually producing some kind of XML phenotype which could go into this idea of Biota Eve? Uh, it's actually kind of funny if you look back uh, a number of years because uh, a, a previous version of, uh, of what I'm working on now had a, had a, a, a vast repository of XML representations of the things that were evolved. It was uh, something I did years ago, and uh, I, they were sort of uh, the, the application will automatically publish them, and uh, every time a new version uh, um, would uh, appear from the evolution process, every once in a while it would save the the, the most fit of the of the population, and that was saved in XML. I did that years ago, and I'm not doing it at the moment because. Uh, because I'm decided, I've decided to use uh, uh, very, very compact binary representations of of the, uh, the Darwin at Home creatures because there's going to be a lot of communication between client and server, and I'm hoping to be able to send fairly large numbers of them back and forth really quickly. So the uh, a very compact, um, you know, transfer. Uh, Transfer format is, is what I'm looking for, so I'm going to be using binary. Got it already set up, by the way. That's the thing that uh, I finally wrestled to the ground this week. I'm able to store a creature uh, in its totality 
to uh, into binary form, in other words, marshals or serialize, and then uh, and then awaken it later. So I'm able to persist these things and send them uh, over the network without any uh, degradation in in quality. In other words, I'm managing to save the entire state, which could be. Uh, in the process of reading a gene, for example. So it, it's it's quite a complex state, but I've got it nailed. Terrific. And I don't think it's an either-or thing. I mean, I, my sense with regards to the XML phenotype is obviously Noble Ape has its own, um, as, as you say, its own internal um, file format with regards to saving things. And I mean, the, the purpose of uh, BioDereve is not to uh, replace basically any internal mechanisms that we already have with regards to saving the idea is um, to have some discussion associated with whether these simulations firstly have any shared ground, and if there is shared ground, whether there can be any meaningful communication between the simulations. And the XML phenotype idea was just a way of starting that in some regard. As Jeffrey, now, the, the, sorry, the XML phenotype that I had, uh, that I was uh, associating with every creature, they were actually always stored in XML. And... Uh, it's actually quite elaborate because it contained every coordinate, you know. So it's, it, it was uh, these bodies consisting of a whole bunch of parts, and, they, and every part was uh, was recorded. So it, uh, it was quite a few kilobytes per creature, actually, because it was all uh, all the coordinate information and all the uh, the rest spans and stuff. So it was a it was quite a file. Certainly. For one. Certainly. And I think that's part of the XML phenotype discussion. I mean, obviously, if if we're talking about uh, exact or full representations, then yes, there is potential for things to get very, very big. But in having the kind of shared data conversation, that can be something which is relatively small, particularly if you just look at things like energy transfer, um, you know, time, space, these kind of things associated with just a visual representation of the, uh, you know, for example, the Darwin at home forms in, in Noble Ape or vice versa. I mean, I think the, the representation component the XML phenotype is supposed to embody doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, every, every possible coordinate or, or anything of that detail. Jeffrey, as you listen in, I mean, do you think you could generate a, an XML phenotype for your, um, you know, current uh, gene pool slash Dawkins puddle? Is that something that you could do relatively easily? Yeah, I believe I could. Uh, in fact, when I was listening to Gerald talk about his uh, uh, sort of... Uh, taking snapshots of his creatures and awakening them later. Um, that's basically what's happening to all the swimmers, uh, perhaps on a simpler level because they're, they're, they're two dimensional and so on. But I am, I am capturing all the velocities and uh, positions and various states of mind, a uh, little as they are, um, and kind of recreating them. That's when I save the pond or the, save the whole pool or when I, or, or when um, a user saves, uh, no, actually not when they save the, save the swimmer itself. Not all of these things need to be saved. But basically, yeah, um, it's all doable. There is a kind of a, a part of the code that takes the state. In fact, I think I remember there's a, there's a, a class called swimmer state, which basically stores all of this stuff and it can be recreated later. Terrific. Terrific. So I, I actually, I actually went even further. I have the uh, the binary format that I'm using. I can store, I can store the thing in two ways. I can store it either uh, lossy or non-lossy, because uh, I'm talking about quite a number of coordinates in space, and um, what I've been able to do is 
basically, you know, a simple algorithm to chop space up into fairly small little cubes and then record the coordinates in terms of those cubes, which is a lot less detail. And uh, since everything in my model is springy, um, I can I can revive these things from their lossy format, and so the coordinates are then sort of approximately right. And within a few ticks of the clock, they're uh, they're adjusted back to normal. So I'm able to sort of beam things over in a very uh, very small format, literally, you know, several times smaller than the than the non-lossy format. It's fascinating that there's two choices. Mm. Cool. Certainly. So we have two additional commitments with regards to an XML phenotype um, with the potential discussion. I mean, my, my thinking currently is it could almost be done through either the existing AUVO grid mailing list, the existing both conversations mailing list. Do you, um, Jeffrey, do you have a, a mailing list? I mean, I guess you're not open source yet, so you, you don't have a, a, a developer group, but do you have a, like a, a user mailing list that you maintain with regards to your developments? No, I don't have any anything like that. I um, uh, just haven't haven't spent the time setting that up, and I, I don't. Uh, I've, I've never done anything like that, so I don't really know what's involved in it. But um, I don't have anything yet. Right. So, I mean, in terms of, uh, I, I think this is a, a good enough discussion. I mean, we have a bio to wiki, um, which. I know, Gerald, um, you have login access to the BiotaWiki, don't you? Um, I imagine, but I haven't touched it for quite a while. Yeah, so and if we started throwing things together in the BiotaWiki, that might be a, a shared way that we could kind of communicate these kind of ideas. I think I already have the Noble Ape XML phenotype in there, uh, but it could give an opportunity for us to uh, to see what was actually shared and get this idea of... Uh, of Biota Eve actually uh, cooking, and I mean this goes out to the broader community as well. I see Eric Burton's in the chat room, um, and he's someone who's certainly tinkered with a number of artificial life simulations in the past. So I mean this goes out to the broader community as well. That if you want to start creating your own XML phenotype for your favourite simulation, by all means get involved with this project. And I think we'll probably do the general discussion through the Biota Conversations mailing list, and uh, just use the the wiki as a means of uh, of getting the things together. 